You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy, 35, the All-American. And Dapper Dan. Oh, man, despite a few transfers, not a few, one transfer and whatever else is going on in Gatorland, I'm feeling great. How about you guys? Hey, man, guess what a wise man once told me, Dan? What's happening? You ain't a gator, you gator bait, Dan. So I really them the rules. We're gonna leave it there. I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll no. get into that in a little bit, man. Yeah. But how was y'all boys' weekend? What y'all got into? My was pretty good, man. I, I hung out at the house and uh, uh, you know, got some family time in quarantine. Uh, trying to stay out nice. the way still. Yeah, man, just staying out the way and uh, you know, I don't know, you know, if these they saying the numbers fabricated on the, on on the deaths and you know. They may be true. They may not be. I just know I'm just playing it safe and, you know, staying out of the way. So uh, what about you, Dan? I, um, I'm, I'm doing my best. And, and Corey and you guys know that that's not um, always necessarily a good thing to try to stay away um, from quarantine life. I went, went boating again this weekend, uh, went fishing uh, both Saturday and Sunday. Um, and I felt compelled after my fishing trip to join the boat club. So I did that today. Uh, oh, so I'm about to pull up on you, bro. You got to yeah, yeah. boat access. And not only do I have boat access here in Tampa, Ma, whenever you're ain't, ain't around, around. I, I can, oh, I can travel around. So. Oh, come on. Pull up Already. on you. Already. So Already. Uh, I'm, I'm here for all of it. So I have to go through a safety course. I um, mean, once I pass that, we'll, uh, we'll be ready to go. So trying to get out uh, as so soon as possible. So you're captain on the boat. You drive? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it'll oh, be like no. my boat to operate. Are you no, new to it? Are you, how no, long no, 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 no. I've been, no, I've been driving boats for, for oh, a man. Let me just. Yeah, you can you can drive the boat, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I if you want, to. I mean, you, you you don't drink very much, so if you want to drive the boat, then you're good, bro. Uh, okay. I'm not getting on no boat that Amar is driving. You can't get on the boat that I'm driving, bro. That's I'm driving. That's point. Nah, man, when I'm out in the seas, I gotta be with an experienced boater. You know what I'm saying? I've I'm, been out there, and, and, and it ain't it I'm, ain't a cakewalk, uh, black. I done, man, I done did that a few times. I what y'all catch, man? Uh, Reds. I mean, we weren't very lucky mm. on Saturday. Sunday we got out. It was beautiful weather, though, man. Uh, but we talked about it this morning on um, on the Patreon show for the Big Three Roll Up. Uh, it was packed, man. The, the waters were packed. Everybody was out there in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, down there, down where, where you all soak, it seems like people are, um, you know, doing a little bit better job quarantining. Uh, but down here, everybody, if they can get I don't out think the they are. Out there. I think our rules are stricter, but I don't think people are conducting themselves any better than you, you guys are. They had yeah. the waterways open, and there was a whole um, boat parade, and they closed it up oh, the next wow. day. Yeah. Oh wow. So uh, yeah. So we're we're definitely uh, everybody was out on the water that could get out on the water, uh, but man, it, it was perfect weather, so I can't complain. Uh, in terms of TV, you asked about that. Um, I'm two episodes into Ozark, so watching uh, right. watching that, watch some of that Jordan documentary uh, last night, the one with Kobe Bryant. 
but outside of that, I wasn't able to get too much TV in this week. And what about you guys? Ozark, Ozark is a good one, Dan. I'm at Amar. You watch uh, Ozark? Nah, I'm, I'm oh there. boy, I'm jealous of y'all boys. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. Yeah, Ozark's a real good one, dog. And if you just starting it, you got a lot of great TV to watch, bro. Right. But I, I didn't even know who was in it until after I started. Um, it, it looks like a really good cast. Uh, the first two episodes got me hooked, so I'm ready to uh to keep going with it. Yeah, I ain't do much this past weekend. Um, a lot of the same. I mean, quarantine all the days kind of run together, man. So. Hung out around the house, took my son to work out. Well, I did do something Saturday. I'm forgetting. Um, I actually took, I always take my son to work out. But this Saturday, um, my man Abe hit me up Saturday morning and said that him and a few other guys, he had Matt out there, um, a couple other uh, college uh, players that were working out right here in Palm Beach Garden. So I pulled up to check them out with my son. Uh, real dope time, man. Um, Kyrie's going to be special, bro. Just watch him move around uh, at his size. He's a phenom on some real shit. I expect a big season out of him, man. His dad just got him in like in the right mental space, physical. It's all business for him. Everything is, you know what I'm saying? A real mature kid. But, yeah, that's all I did, man. Um, hung out at the park over here in gardens, and the rest of it was just family time. That's about it. Let's get yeah, into some... This 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 uh sun trying to creep out a little bit too, bro. I know it's down there it's killing nice, y'all. Man. Nah, but it's been nice though. I I'm not mad at it, like it's, it's been warm, it's, but it's nice. It's, it's been kind of nice the last few days, but day was just cooking, cooking the day. So, I didn't, yeah, I didn't today, see the sun today. Today was a little warm. I uh, I was able to get out a bit, walk around the yeah, some of the restaurants and bars and stuff. Well, not bars, but restaurants are open, so uh, went around, Hold walked up. around some some of those. Um, it was pretty busy. I mean, all, all of them are taking good precaution, but uh, it was perfect weather this weekend. And I'm trying to savor some of this weather before I know it's going to get worse uh, and get a lot hotter and a lot rainier. It's good, um, you know, if you have to go through quarantine. We went through some good months uh, where you could be outside and, and it not be too hot. It's better than uh, trying to suffer through quarantine and 100 degree weather outside and it raining every day too. And this part of the show, Gator News, is sponsored by our friends over at the Thomas Firm. The Thomas Firm is going to handle all of your insurance claims for property damage for your home or business. Uh, their lawyers have over 20 years of experience handling roof damage, leaks uh, from any storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricane damage, sinkhole damage, fire damage, anything like that. Uh, they're going to work all over the state of Florida. they got places all over that can help you. No claim is going to be too big or too small. Uh, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to them. Their consultations are free. Again, give the Thomas Law Firm a call for any questions about insurance. Uh, and also feel free to reach out to them about any questions about COVID-19 and any business insurance or, or loss of income that you may have had from COVID-19. Give them a call. Their offices are in Tampa, but like I said, they do work all over the state of Florida. 813-221-252. Again, the Thomas Firm. Let them know Stadium and Gale sent you 813-221-2525. So, boys, we got a, uh, a player in the transfer portal. Barely was on campus. Did he even come to campus? Yeah, he's an early enrollee. Um, there's just been a lot of smoke since he's he's been here. Um, tweets and a lot of tweets that, were, that went out was just like uh, way beyond football. Um, I don't know exactly what the details is behind the scene, but I mean, obviously nobody's on campus. Everybody's home quarantining. Um, there's no practice that has been had. There's really no team activities. I'm pretty sure they're, they're communicating. Um, I spoke with Kyrie and they're talking to the coaches. They're in regular communication with the coaches. So I don't know what the uh, details with it, with it is. Um, 
we'll look and see if he ends up staying down south in Miami. It may just be a he just got home for three months and was just down there and got comfortable. Who knows? Um, show goes on though. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like we want to keep highly recruited kids into our trenches. Um, we lost Chris Steele last year the, the same way, a defensive mm-hmm. back. Uh, I'm not shaking up about it. Um, like I say, he hasn't his recruitment didn't go smooth, and he hasn't. It's just, it's it's like mirroring still to me. You know what I'm saying? Just a different position. So um. Still went back home, even though this is Florida. I think this kid's just doing the same thing, man. Um, what do you make of it, Dan? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. You know, I think he was Florida's – he was, right? No, was it him or Josh Bryant? Anyway, it doesn't matter. He's one of the top two uh, recruiting um, targets that Florida had an offensive line. It's it's mm-hmm. a tough loss just because I think he projected really well. He was still raw, still needed a lot of coaching, and I think he was probably – I don't know, a couple years away from from really being able to uh, to make a big impact on the field, but it, but it does sting to lose those guys. Uh, however, um, you know, Florida finally does have some numbers at the position. Uh, you want guys that are mentally tough. Um, you know, even before you know the talk of transfer and even before COVID, you know, there was you know some maybe some concerns you know there. So uh, you know, at the end of the day, I wish the kid the best. Uh, you know, whatever is going to make him the most happy. And just because he entered the transfer portal certainly doesn't mean that he is transferring uh, either. So there's still a a chance. You you never know if a if a kid has been you know home down in Miami for the last two months and, and been away from Gainesville, you know, something might've been said and, and been perceived wrong or, um, you know, who know who knows? So if the kid does decide to transfer, I wish him well. Uh, but also if he decides to return back to university of Florida, I, you know, I, I certainly hope the best for him, but it's just tough to gauge impact, right? Cause you're a few years away. Yeah. Um, there's been some smoke. Uh, yeah, that's a, it's a big loss. We can't minimize it. it, it right. I think it's a big loss, but it, it's just not like program shattering or anything that's going to affect the fall or anything in our, you know what I'm saying, and what we got going on right now. It's just unfortunate you bring a kid in, didn't even get a chance to, to, to practice with him or get him going. And it's just, I mean, one of the casualties of this this whole quarantine thing. We'll see how, like, everybody shakes out and come, come out at the end of this, man, but I don't like I'm just not I don't know. Maybe it's just me being numb to, to recruiting because it just doesn't affect me like this, man. Like I'm in it for the football games, man. I went through stressing this this type of stuff last offseason and last May. And then we went and won 11 games. So I look back at the end of the season. I look back and I'm like, man, I'm, not, I'm never doing that again. I'm never like <laughs> stressing or even worrying about recruiting. Um, mm-hmm. the, this is the type of staff that that recruits off of what's being put on the field, man. Yeah. So. In May, I'm just not. We're in a good spot, regardless. We're like we're ranked like five or six mm-hmm. on the trail right now. So I'm kind of just vibing, man. We'll see how it plays out, but I'm, I'm just kind of vibing right now. I'm not. Yeah, you you, you you want the you want the guys that are going to make impact, like Isaiah Walker could have, but but it's also tough to 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 relish too much time in, in talking about a kid that that didn't even get to play one you know practice snap either so right i mean yeah how do you blank that's the thing too like like you try to find out like or, or try to like what could have coaches have done like right. bro, nobody's on campus like yeah like i don't understand like what do you want these guys to do i mean i don't know what his hang-up is with the with the staff or or if there is one it could be just him i yeah. don't know what the issue is but at the end of the day everybody's at home yeah 
and I followed his recruitment, so I'm not one to, you know, point fingers at who it was or wasn't. I mean, there's, you know, it could, it could be a lot. So uh, I think I think we just move on from there. Uh, another piece of, uh, of news was Florida's uh, only running back commitment, uh, Brashard Smith. Uh, I think he's listed as an athlete uh, down there in Palmetto, uh, which has a, a whole host of, of players that Florida's recruiting uh, decommitted. He still says Florida's recruiting him. Uh, he wants to go through the process. Uh that created a, a frenzy on the timeline Saturday morning. Silk, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, I think that's a big decommit just because you want all those guys from Palmetto. It's a, it's a good group of guys, but I, I, I again, it's, it's May, man. Um, they have some more guys on the running back. Boy, our running back recruiting has been suspect, but I'm just not – I'm more set, upset about him decommitting because of – I had him being like the leader of trying to get those guys to come in tow from Palmetto. So that's why, to, in my opinion, it's a big, it's a huge um, decommit. But I'm not going to, it's not a position of need. It's just more of the other other guys that that come along with him. And I think he want to take his visit with his teammates and enjoy the whole recruiting process. Those, all those Palmetto guys, even though we had him committed, all those other guys are not choosing until way later regardless. They, they're taking their shit to signing day regardless of what he was doing. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see it all play out. A lot, a lot of people are getting credit for, for commits and, and getting hyped about stuff. And, and it's a long road, man, to signing day. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Don't ride the waves. Just vibe out. I feel like we've done this before, right? I, I think we did it, you know, two years ago or maybe even last year too. I think, you know, we, we, we've got to step back and I know some schools are recruiting really well. I know some, you know, people are talking about the university of Tennessee and, and all that. We need to take a step back, realize it is may, uh, there's still uh, a lot of, a lot of people that are going to, you know, decommit and, and commit to schools, you know, all over the country. So, you know, you, what you have to do is you have to look at it. You can compare to past results and everything else, but uh, to see the timeline in a frenzy and to see some of the things that I've seen on message boards and on Twitter, you know, about Dan Mullen, about the staff and about the work the staff's doing is um, interesting. I get, to, to I get the criticism. I get, the, I get the criticism. Like people are going to be mad. You know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing going on. Uh, I've been that fanatic fan that's just crazy about recruiting, so I get it, man. Like it doesn't it doesn't look good on the eyes, but it's just not something I'm about to stress. You know, not have to win it ten and eleven games. You know what I'm saying? Like I just got I'm a football guy, so I want to see the games be played. I can't be mm-hmm. crying over this, this offseason stuff that you know what I'm saying. Like, bro, this is this is like babysitting at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I didn't sign up. I signed up for football. I, I'm here to watch football. And not the babysitting and the drama. So when the games get played, if they're winning 10, 11 games, if we're going to, to the SEC championship mm-hmm. this year, that's all I care about. Right. Not firing well, nobody just, in May. You know, a, few, a few months ago, it was the same people that were complaining about a three-star running back being the guy that was at the top of the board. And now he decommits. And all of a sudden, you know, we get into a frenzy. I, I, I think that we need to add a little perspective. Uh, you know, if, if a kid that's 17, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old wants to go through his recruiting process, let him go through it. Uh, you never know. I mean, a lot of times players decommit and then recommit back to that school. Uh, you know, Florida sits in a really good position with a lot of those kids from Palmetto. And I and I still like Florida's chances. Yeah, I still, there. Like, yeah, I still like our relationship with that kid. I right. Think we're, and, we're fine. And just because a kid wants to look elsewhere, that's that's perfectly fine. Right. He's 17 years old and, you know, he's trying to make a, a lifetime decision. Right. So. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I, I, I'm, I'm just – it's funny to me the, I guess, overreaction that then snowballs uh, down, especially on a, on a board Saturday morning. I guess that's that's what I laughed about. 
Yeah, folks got to get a grip, man. It's not that deep. And then people are like in the kids' mentions and the kids having to tweet, I just want to enjoy my recruitment. Like, you guys need to relax. Bro, it's recruiting yeah. 17, 16-year-old <laughs> kids. Let them enjoy their process. Yeah, at no point school, you'll be okay. Yeah, at no point should a kid have to apologize to random fans on Twitter, a lot of which that have Abby's and don't even have a picture of themselves on there about a decision that he's making. If that's yeah, something yeah. that you want to do, if you want to tweet about a kid, I've got an idea. Tweet about it. Well, write the tweet out, read it, laugh at it, scorn at it, whatever you want to do, and then put it in your drafts and then just never tweet it. And yeah, then right. at the end of every month, just go ahead and delete all those drafts. You, it's like you tweeted it, but you didn't. Yeah, at this point, we need some momentum. I don't know where it comes from, but we do need some momentum on the recruiting trail. Uh, if they have a, these are the times where, when Urban, when something was going on, there was some smoke. He would pull out a commit that he just know he could get the pop. That's a big guy. They need some momentum to, to just change perspective and get some and get and get things back rolling. But there is no reason to fire people or panic. Like people are outrageous. Speaking of some good news, there was some good news. Uh, Stuart Reese graduated from Mississippi State uh, and enrolled uh, at the University of Florida. He was an offensive lineman, uh, played uh, a bunch of games, uh, dealt with a, dealt with some injuries towards the uh, the latter part of his career there, uh, but he uh, but he enrolled at the University of uh, Florida. He started twenty six games in seventeen and eighteen uh, at right tackle, and then I think he moved inside. Uh, last season uh, into the right guard position uh, and, and played sparingly. I know he dealt with some injuries, but but he's back uh, in, in Gainesville. So, uh, you know, that's a guy that a lot of people looked at a few years ago when Dan Mullen uh, left Mississippi State. And then there was some talk about him transferring uh, in the transfer portal last year. And, um, you know, now he's uh, enrolled at the University of Florida. Should be a smooth transition. Um, already familiar with the offense. Already familiar how Dan Mullen likes to work. The program, so it's just pretty much changing uniforms. I like the ad. We need all the ad addition we can in the trenches, and he should be a guy that starts for us, man. Yeah, no, he's a good player. I, I like him. He's obviously, like you said, so familiar with the offense, familiar with Hevesy, familiar with Mullen, uh, familiar with the way the running backs are, are are used, familiar with the way the wide receivers and tight ends are used. So uh, I'm looking forward to his addition. Very good. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we get started? We got a big show. We've got Jelani Jenkins, we've got Jenny Roll, and then we got our boy Kevin Camps. Yeah, let's go. Well, all right, fellas, let's get into our favorite part of the show, man. Um, at least my favorite part, guest of the week, which is brought to you by Brown Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the Panhandle to the Keys, holler at my man Greg nine five four five eight nine two two zero four. Big coverages, big policies. My man Greg insures home, auto, life, and almost any financial services. 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. Let's hang out with my man Jelani Jenkins. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. First time pulling up the stadium, Miguel. We have my man Jelani Jenkins, Maryland's finest. How's it going, Jelani? Man, everything's doing well, man. It's a blessing to be here. Right, thanks for showing up, man. We appreciate you for coming, hanging out. So uh, we like to yeah. start our get off our guests with a question of how they became a Florida Gator, man. So what's your story and and how how was your recruiting process? Well, uh, growing up in Maryland. Um, 
I was uh, I was pretty highly recruited. I was, I was blessed to have a, a lot of scholarships, and one of those was the University of Florida. Urban Meyer came, visited the school a few times, and came down to take that visit. And it was the year when the Gators won that national championship. It was right before that, and I just fell in love. I, I stayed with Jordan Hayden. I mean, not Jordan, damn, Joe Hayden. <laughs> I stayed with Joe for the weekend I went at my official visit and I fell in love with it. And yeah, it was, it was a no brainer. Really. The heat was way better than living in the cold in Maryland. I knew that I was going to win. Um, knew I was going to have the best opportunity to make it to the NFL. And um, really like my family, my parents, they were really involved in the recruiting process and helped me just narrow down all the things that were most important, like graduation rate, um, the amount of, people that were uh, going to the NFL, the amount of people that were getting in trouble. And when we compared all the different schools, University of Florida stood out in so many different ways. So it was a no-brainer. If I'm not mistaken, I think yeah, I'm trying to remember your recruitment because I was heavy in recruiting back then. Did it come down to us in Penn State? Yep. Yep, those are the last two. That's a tough decision. What 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 won us over, um, over Penn State? Um... I think, I think ultimately it was a feeling thing. That that's what it came down to. I took my, I only did two official visits. I didn't use all of them, and they were to Penn State and University of Florida, and I, it just felt more like home. Um, even even like the the trees and the nature, I remember it feeling like just really cozy there. I went to Penn State. It was like seven inches of snow. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think just overall the the feel of it is what attracted me. Was the recruiting process everything you thought it would be? As a kid, we know we watched the movies like he got game and everything else. Was the recruiting process any 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 anything you thought it would be? Yeah, I mean it wasn't quite as exaggerated <laughs> as he got game, but right. you know I, I was able to even at that young of an age, I was able to see like when I would go into an organization, I was able to see when the coaches were doing a little bit too much, like I could I just oversell me and that would turn me off to a certain degree. Um, but I remember going to university of Florida, we had coach strong with our D coordinator and he, he was super cool. Like he wasn't trying to oversell it. And not right. Urban Meyer wasn't either. Like it was just, we were about that business. We're going to win. We're going to challenge you. You're going to come here and, you know, pretty much drop your stars and you're going to compete with other five-star players. So I, I really appreciated just the overall humble winning swag of that organization. So, so Jelani, you came on to campus, obviously your, your first year, uh, you know, with, with that team and that program. Uh, and then you had a coaching change uh, during the middle uh, of your time at UF. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, going from a more offensive-minded head coach like Urban Meyer and that staff to a more defensive-minded coach like, uh, like Will Muschamp. You, there, there were things that I missed about Urban, um, and there were things that, I, that was a great advantage when Muschamp came through, like, much chance, obviously, being a defensive-minded coach, we were in the meeting room all the time with him, and I learned so much NFL knowledge during those much champ eras, especially when Dan Quinn came along. I, I think my overall knowledge of the game um, on the defensive side of the ball increased, but when it came to 
like mindset and just just the overall aspect of like do your job the like the organization like a winning organization i really felt that more than anything with urban meyer um just in terms of mindset i mean he was a big component of special teams i learned so much through just the training in that atmosphere and i grew so much Uh, when it came to much champ i learned a lot defensively that helped me like prepare in the nfl and so i think Actually, the combination of them two was really a blessing. Um, I think it prepared – both of them prepared me really well for the next level. Perfect. So how did the how did the locker room take it? And, you know, we had Urban Meyer on last week, so we talked a little bit about his transition, you know, away from Florida. What was the transition like internally uh, for the staff – or, uh, pardon me, for the players that were, were there and, uh, you know, dealing with that change? Uh, what I remember most was that – there was a lot of confusion. Um, people weren't really sure if it was sincere of like the why of he, of him leaving. And so I know a lot of a lot of guys were like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to this school. I'm gonna go to this school. I talk to my family, you know, I'm gonna transfer to this school." Um, but ultimately, I think it was they they handled the transition pretty smoothly in terms of like finding a replacement. Um, it, it didn't take too long for them to find much chance, if I remember correctly. And I think, especially on the defensive side of the ball, once we did research and figured out, like, who he was on, on defense, um, we were excited about it. I can't speak so much to the offensive side of the ball because I, I didn't – I'm not too sure. But I know on the defensive side of the ball, we, we hung it in there and stood together, and they won us over pretty fast. Once they came in, they were, they were good people. That's awesome. What was what was the biggest difference that you noticed from I guess we'll say day one or the, the first couple first couple weeks and first couple months under uh, Will Moschamp? Hmm. Um. I think I think just different terminology for the most part. I mean, they both came. They both understood how to win. Obviously, just the different terminology. We had a whole different. I think the biggest difference in our day to day because it happened you know, the winter and spring workouts, I was, we, we spent most of the time during that time with the actual weight training staff. And so that was a big shift. I mean, it was a completely different regiment in the weight training um, when we were training. So physically we were getting trained differently. We didn't really communicate as much with the coaches mainly until like spring ball and then that was just a whole completely different terminology and different scheme and everything so yeah to answer your question was a lot a lot of change hey man it's my hey um so my step came um there's a lot of changes and whatnot but y'all did have a great 2012 season how did those guys um you know that 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 class that came in with urban uh matt elam and those guys urban's last class how did those guys uh, somehow keep it together and, and have a great 2012 season, um, you know, when Urban left? I think they really felt well, – one of the biggest things that I, that I got out of the Urban Meyer era and just that whole culture, it was like the power of your mind, like mind over matter. We, we were pushed to the limit, I, and I, I don't think we – necessarily got pushed as hard physically um like mentally 
in that next era with, with Muschamp. Now, we learned a lot. Um, and so the people who came from the Urban Meyer era had that, like, mental toughness, that super, super grit. And it translated well to the Muschamp era. But once once the Urban Meyer era completely left, you, you kind of felt a shift in culture, if that makes sense. True, true. So I know, you know, when Urban was there, uh, practices was really intense. Um, we took practice very, very seriously. Um, you know, it was, it was yeah. been times we, we get to period 10 and, you know, Herb don't like the tempo or how we move in that practice and he'll start it over. Talk about uh, mm-hmm. how Muschamp practices were in, in the tempo of practices and how did you, you guys attack uh, practices during game week? Good question. Um, it, it was, they were still very intense, but, but like you said, it wasn't as intense as Herb. I, I would say Urban Meyer, like, when we would compete, we would, like, really go at it. <laughs> I mean, there was always a – every practice had a winner right. or a loser on the offense right. or the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so we would we would compete and have, like, circle drills. I mean, we would really go at it. And we did the same thing with Muschamp. It was more like – it was more like schematically competing against each other. So we would have, like, winner and losers and all that, but – it was just a different kind of uh, I mean, we would, like, fight. You know, as brothers, <laughs> we would fight as yeah, brothers. For sure. But, like, for, sure. for sure. But we would fight so much that when it came down to, like, go up against somebody else, we would take the heads off. So, yeah. Jelani, talk to us a little bit about, sorry, um, talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, you're, you're the end of your time at, at UF. I mean, I think the play that I want to talk to you most about, I mean, you had a, a very illustrious career, but I remember you winning a game for Florida against Louisiana Lafayette because I was there. Um, talk to us a little bit about blocking that punt, returning it for a touchdown. And, you know, what are some of the moments that, that stick out in your career at Florida? That was, a, that was definitely one of the biggest ones right there. Um, uh, on that play in particular, I was not supposed to be anywhere near the ball. I was actually a decoy, um, and I didn't block the punt, but I was in the perfect place at the perfect time. So that that's nothing but um, a divine intervention, I believe. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I faked like I was going to get the block, and I just took up like a two blockers or so, just doing my job. And Luchez Purifoy blocked the punt. And it landed right in my hand, and there was nobody in front of me. So um, it was a magical, magical moment. Um, I remember the feeling. It was like cloud nine. It was crazy, ridiculous. Um, but there was a lot of amazing moments in my time at UF, that being one of them. I really – one of my favorite games was that LSU game my last year, um, the Matt Elam show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of – it was a lot of magical moments. I, I'm drawing a blank, but the, every every game that we had, I mean, it was intense. It was the SEC. And so, yeah, I, I would also say, I think it was my second year when we beat Georgia with that overtime, when Will Hill ran the overtime interception back. That was 2000. Yeah. Hey, Jelani, who was the better, uh, line, better athlete at linebacker, you or John Bostick? 
<laughs> you say you? Wait, 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 wait. You, you got to ask him with or without the, the ankle tape. Bro, uh, he... Jelani, Jelani had, <laughs> <laughs> and that shit looks stank, Jelani, all right? So you got to take your ankle tape yeah. off, all right? That one boot up. Yeah. But sideline <laughs> to sideline, that boy was crazy, though. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Yeah, sideline side to sideline to sideline, I, I got Bostic. I mean, you know, there's a lot that goes into athleticism. You know, Bostic, Bostic has uh, a strength that's just unnatural sometimes. Um, but I think speed-wise, I got Bostic. And just covering the building. Talk to us about your time in the in the NFL. Uh, you got drafted by by my Miami Dolphins. You played there for a few years. Talk to us about your 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 time there and and what stands out to you the most about that. Yeah, I, I think it was a, a really a really good period. Um, I, what I appreciated with my four years there, I feel like we got better and better every year. Eventually, our fourth year, we we ended up going to the playoffs for the first time in a while. Um, yeah, I, I have really good memories of Miami. I would say like my last year there was was one of the worst as far as um, injuries, and so you know it's tough going back to that year. We were doing so we were doing really well, but the the injuries really um, was painful to go through, like both mentally and physically. Um, but other than that, Miami was a really good time. You want me to continue, like going in Oakland as well, or just by Miami? Yeah, yeah, go on, go on with your career, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it was Miami was a really cool time, and then ended up getting going to Oakland. That experience wasn't a great one. Um, didn't mesh well with the the head coach, <laughs> um, and then still was dealing with with issues um, with my knee, and eventually. My last years in in the NFL with Miami and in Oakland and in Houston, my knee, my right knee, really gave me a lot of issues, um, and it kind of came out of nowhere. And so, those last years were a bit tough. Um, but you know, starting off, I, I couldn't have asked for a better situation to remain in Florida. What what's What's that like? I mean, obviously you're at the you're at the top of your physical career when you're in college. You, you you played almost every game. I think you're only injured maybe one or two games. You go to Miami. You have a really good breakout. You know, especially your rookie season. You're pretty healthy. Then all of a sudden you you, you deal with some injuries. What what's that like mentally? And, and how did you overcome that? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's really tough. I know for me when I look back at it, um, I think. Somewhere along that journey, I, I sort of fell out of love with with what I what I what I, well, messed that up. What I realized I enjoyed about football, and it had to do with you know playing for something bigger, playing for your teammates. And so I think that last year in Miami, when I was going through those injuries, I would push myself more than I should have, you know, for my teammates and for, you know, the guys that I loved and was, was around. And in doing so, I, I was hurting myself more and I kind of felt it, but I was still just going past the level that I needed to. And so just that takes like a mental burnout, physical burnout, and then over like over time, your 
your body continues to wear down. Um, so I think looking back at it, I might have handled it differently. And once I once that year was over, you know, I ended up changing teams and, and I didn't I no longer kind of had that same um, connection with the players around me because I was in the program for four years at a time. Um, and it kind of, even though people came in and out, it still kind of had that college feel to it, like being in the same place for four years in a row. And so the combination of the injuries and then changing and then going from place to place from Oakland, I was in Buffalo for a week. And then the Texans, I think somewhere along that, along with the injuries kind of took me out of the love of the game. And it wasn't really for the same reasons anymore. I want to ask you another question about um, your playing days. What was it like in the locker room with uh, Muschamp and his personality? Oh, in the locker room, Muschamp was the coolest dude <laughs> in the world. Um, I never, I never really had a problem with Muschamp. Um, if you were the type of person who would mess up a lot, like his temper, he can go from here to there. In, in a matter of milliseconds and there's, you know, like red in the face and going crazy. I didn't make a lot of mistakes on the field. So I, I never got yelled at by much chance ever, but I have seen people get just completely ripped apart by them. Um, gotcha. Did you guys have any animosity towards um the offense? Because we had elite defenses those years, but we just couldn't score any points. So what was the dynamic between y'all and the offense? Um, I think I, I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call any animosity. i not on my level. I didn't, I didn't feel animosity. I know I'm trying to think of who was the quarterback. I know we had Driscoll. Was that both years of much We had Driscoll, we had Brissett. Um, yeah, Bradley, what? Early, <laughs> yeah, Bradley, yeah. Bradley was there. Bradley, Bradley was there. Yeah. Up, I think first year. Yeah, first year, yeah. Okay. Um, I remember. I remember on the defensive side of the ball. I know at one point we wanted Jordan Reed as the quarterback. <laughs> A lot of us did. I know we wanted. We wanted Brissett to have more of an opportunity when, when we saw that Driscoll was messing up, and but I, I think ultimately, I wouldn't call it animosity as much as as much as just wanting um, everyone to get a fair shot and just seeing, you know, whose whose play speaks for itself. Right. So, yeah, it was just it was just asking questions of like, okay, you know, what's going to be the best opportunity for us? Because we, like you said, we have been a defensive team for so long, and it's just you know the craving for more touchdowns. I, I, th- I think I think what it is, you know, because I I, I kind of had to deal with it a little bit too my senior year. Um, you know, mm-hmm. right before much time got there, I was so used to us scoring so much, so many points, you know, and that my junior year, oh nine, that was your freshman year. I think you're yeah. yeah, like your freshman year. Okay. 
that's the year we didn't really score too many points, but we played we played you know some hella defense, played a hell of a defense mm-hmm. that that year. Um, but it was mm-hmm. still putting up points a little bit. Not saying mm-hmm. we put up a lot of points my senior year, but it was it was some games where we ran kickoffs back to score points. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just so frustrating from the defensive from a defensive standpoint that you getting stop after stop after stop after stop, and then the offense is three and out, and you back out there. And it, yeah. it's not like yeah. you mad at them. It's not like y'all you know built up animosity, but it's just the simple fact that they got they you got to hold them accountable for not you know moving the ball or anything like that, bro. Somebody you know they ain't holding up on the end of the bargain. So. I know when we played, mm-hmm. the defense didn't want the, the offense to outdo us, and then the offense didn't want the defense to outdo them. And, that, and we just held a standard right. like that, you know? So I think that's yeah. what it is. I don't think it's really no animosity, man, but you just be, you know, in, in the heat of the moment, you just be like, damn, come on. Right. Right. Exactly. And I, and I think, like you said, I, I think there was a different culture back when, with Urban and them. Like, we, we, it felt like we would, we would fight and we, we would compete against each other as, like, as brothers and we would it wouldn't be no beef if we went up to somebody and say all right let's go like come on on the opposite side of the ball because that's what we do it was it was a part of the culture um and i do think when we got to the must champ era some of that did die down or you know people were a little bit more sensitive about those real conversations so i, I know what you mean i remember i remember uh vance Bedford came in uh when vance Bedford came in so his first his first meeting when he stepped in there in 2008 because he was the coach the DB coach at Michigan and when we played him in the bowl game in the Capital One right and before that game a lot I don't know if they, people a lot of people remember or not it was one of those meet at the 50 yard line kind of pushing seven match right well when he came when Vance Bedford came to Florida in 2008 he was like man we already knew we was gonna beat y'all because of that mm-hmm. what y'all did before the game. And so his first mm. his first his first speech to the team was check your ego and leave it at the door. And that's what we did, bro. We we it wasn't no egos. We couldn't have none, bro, because we was trying to get better. We weren't trying to, you know, look pretty or whatnot. We didn't want right. the, the offense to, to outdo us and and vice versa. And that's what we was on, bro. But when he said check your ego at the door, that's what we did. So that, that that's what type of team we was. And I, I really can't speak for much time because I wasn't there, but yeah, we we did too much pretty pretty much high egos. We had some great players, and I think that's what made us jail so so well. Uh, so, you know, we, we had a lot of personalities, and a lot of people see that from the outside looking in now. But what we did have all in common is we was we was family. We was family. Yeah. We was we was a fist. We was a fist, and we ain't, you know when you ball your fist up, it's it's gonna hurt harder if if I punch you than if I open my hands up and hit you. We was tight like a fist, mm-hmm. and we ain't let nobody separate that. Hundred percent. So Jelani, what's what's new? What's next? What's the new goals? What's the new? Um, what are you chasing now? Yeah. So uh, one of the things I'm really excited about is I'm starting. I'm I'm about two weeks away from launching my coaching business, and I'm really I've I just got certified to be a performance and mindset coach. And so I'm going to be training athletes and then also mainly athletes, but also like driven professionals on how to tap into the power of their mind to be able to perform better um, on the field, in in their job, in their career, but just different techniques that they can use like mindfulness and um, Hmm. different like visualization techniques that, that helps you, I prepare mentally as well as physically. 
And so I, I've, I, the quarantine has given me the opportunity to really uh, just fine tune all the, the fine details of the, of the business so that when it's time to launch, we can make it, make it happen. That sounds dope. Is it like a life coaching thing? That's cool. Yeah, you can you can call it life coaching for athletes. <laughs> Got you. Yeah, that's pretty dope, man. Let us know the name of the company whenever you get ready to launch. You want to come back on and talk about it and let people know yeah. what it is. But that sounds great, man. I'm interested in my damn self. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. It's, uh, it's called Mind Body Sports. So okay, um, I, the the passion came just because I mean. Like I like what I was just talking about with the, with the University of Florida with, with Urban Meyer, how mindset was such a big aspect of it. And Urban Meyer, he, I believe he was a psychology major as well. Yeah. But I realized that a lot of athletes, a lot of people that I was around, I mean, we all got developed physically. We all were, like, developed mentally, I guess, like, mentally tough. A lot of us were, not all of us. Um, but I, I think just I've always been passionate about bringing, like, a holistic type of training to athletes like see him as more than just an athlete and to be able to train them on things that'll help them be better prepared for life after sports as well um, like psychological training psychological development and i, I think that's a under developed and underutilized absolutely absolutely Definitely. Yeah, well, that, Delon, sounds, that sounds amazing, man. Well, Delaney, tell us, tell everybody where you, where they, uh, they can find you at on social media and whatnot. Um, your, your Twitter handle or anything like that. Yes, I, I mainly am on Instagram, and I got to put more energy into it. But my my Instagram, you can find me at is at Mighty King Jenkins, M I G H T Y K I N G Jenkins, and. Yeah, there's gonna. I'm gonna be putting out more. I'm gonna be putting out content as well. Like not just a. I'm not gonna just be coaching and doing one-on-one clients. I'm gonna also be um, creating videos and, and talks. Just you know, delivering free content on you know some of the things that I'm gonna be coaching about. And so you can follow me on Instagram, and you'll find out more of how to to in touch with that all right cool man we appreciate you hanging out man you're always welcome you, you know you're a gator brother you get a family so um you know pull up anytime you you know you get a, get a free moment man i appreciate y'all this was really cool and it was cool diving back into these memories man <laughs> yeah for so sure, man for so sure. anytime anytime you want to you want to dive in man let's, let me know man we, we can well, anytime you got something to promote anything you want to do man just give yeah. us a holler man we here for you word I appreciate y'all, man. All, All right, right, man. Go Gators. Appreciate it. Go Gators. Jelani Jenkins. Man, Jelani came in so fast, bro. I'm telling you, like, he, when you talk about side to side, sideline to sideline, Jelani. I'm going to tell Bostic, though. I got I to gotta shoot Bostic a DM or something, like, bro. <laughs> I, I can tell you one thing, though. You see, he said go side to side because going downhill, Boston. <laughs> oh, Boston's a maniac, even, though, man. I don't, he, I don't know. He, he didn't even think about it. He said, Who was better? He's like, He said it fast. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, boys. Well, the what you BM boys think? was different at that time, though, man. We had him, we had uh, Joe and Joe Brothers. All them boys was, was freak athletes coming out of DMV. But mm -hmm. good interview.
Very good. Very good. Enjoyed having him on. Uh, why don't we uh, shift gears? Let's get into gymnastics and let's get, uh, I guess, National Coach of the Year, Jenny Rowland, on the show. Big flips. flips. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And then joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is the current national coach of the year the sec coach of the year in region five coach of the year jenny Rowland, head coach of the women's gymnastics program jenny how are you this evening i'm doing great thank you so much jenny first off congratulations i know those honors were bestowed upon you just recently so congratulations i know it was a bit of a shortened season but uh, i'm glad that your your work and your team's work is being recognized uh, i greatly appreciate it thank you so much Absolutely. So, Jenny, I want to I want to start um, with ultimately coming to the University of Florida. You were an assistant coach at at Auburn, uh, and then you ultimately came on board at Florida a few years ago. Talk to us a little bit about how you were recruited over and, and what made you uh, decide to end up as a Florida Gator. Wow, uh, that's that's going way back. What almost six years ago uh, to date, I was uh, hired in May. Um, really it was uh, a bit of a shock, got a phone call, uh, that, uh, Rhonda was retiring, which was a really, it was a really shock to the entire gymnastics community. And, uh, my staff, I remember us sitting in the office for a few days, you know, talking about, well, who's going to take over? There's, there's no way that's big shoes to fill, you know, who's crazy enough, who's good enough, you know, all, all those scenarios. And then I uh, got a phone call from Mr. Jeremy Foley asking if I would be interested in taking a recruiting visit to the University of Florida. And it was uh, uh, a huge shock, to say the least. Uh, I really thought that um, we I had pinned somebody else to uh, go out on some interviews, but uh, very honored and have to be perfectly honest that uh, it was it was a tough decision only because I was really happy with where I was at. Uh, I felt like I was growing. I had learned a lot, was very comfortable with my staff, my team, but uh, something was tugging at me. You know, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. And if you don't at least go see what it's all about, you're going to regret it. So I uh, ended up taking a visit and uh, needless to say, um, everything turned out really well. It was it was a very fast uh, 24 hours, and I got to meet a couple of the head coaches here on campus that day. I got to meet with um, Jeremy Foley and um, really just got a, a very quick lay of the land and had to had to talk to my husband, make sure it was a good move for our family. I have two young daughters. They're not so young anymore. But uh, at that time, it was really important that it was going to be a good fit for our family. And uh, again, just talked and I it, it was something that I, I could not pass up. And I know I would always wonder and second guess myself as to why I didn't try. And um, I'm always up for a challenge. So uh, this was definitely uh, uh, out of my comfort zone and a big challenge for me. I love it. And so speaking of challenges, what's the the biggest thing that, that you've learned or had to overcome in your, your six years as a, as a head gymnastics coach? I think there, there are two things that I think of very quickly. Um, the first thing is that 
year one to year two to year three, no year is the same. I really feel a little bit like a freshman every year. Um, and I take it upon myself to create each team as its own team and start fresh and start new and learn the dynamics and learn, you know, what makes that team work from year to year. So that was something that I, I was not quite prepared for, but, uh, now knowing that I think I'm more of a sophomore. Um, and I think the second thing was just the emotions and the highs are just so much higher and the lows are so much lower and just, you know, take, taking it all in. It's, it is one of the most rewarding, I can't even say it's a job, one of the most rewarding uh, positions and times in my life um, that I've ever been in. That's awesome. So, so talk to us a little bit about building a roster. Gymnastics is very different. You have a lot of folks that are kind of at the elite of the level that are going to gymnastics beforehand uh, and then maybe enrolling in college later. But talk to us about recruiting uh, gym, you know, gymnasts and when does that process start and you know, how do you ultimately recruit a gymnast that may be on the, I don't want to say tail end of their career because that sounds weird for an 18-year-old, but you know, is maybe already at that elite level? Well, um, it's very interesting. Just within the last couple of years, uh, the recruiting process for gymnastics has changed amongst uh, a few other sports, I believe. Uh, when I uh, came on board, we were recruiting seventh and eighth graders. Uh, we had eighth graders committing to the University of Florida. You know, fingers crossed that things have worked out. Um, I, my very first commit that I signed uh, was a freshman this past season. Um, but, um, it, it always has been a little unnerving. I know for the coaches, it's something we were looking forward to changing and feel a lot more comfortable that just within the last couple of years, we can only recruit juniors. We can only speak to juniors on campus. We can only speak to juniors and seniors now, which is a really great change. And it just, it gives these young these young women uh, a taste, first of all, of what high school is even like before they commit to college and really just be able to grow up and, you know, experience and understand a little bit more, you know, about what college really means to them. Now, given that um, we, we're really excited, we were recruited out through uh, 2023 um, at this time. So um, we're, we, we've got a really solid roster coming in um, over the next several years and really excited and very thankful to uh, be a part of such an amazing program from the top down, from Scott Strickland down. Um, and I'm surrounded by, you know, two of the, I'm biased, best assistants uh, in the country. Uh, I think we all complement each other really well, very different personalities, very different dynamics, but yet we all work really well together. So, you know, you surround yourself with good people and um, it just, it, it makes it feel very comfortable. It makes it feel like home and hopefully, and I feel like, you know, our athletes can, can feel that. Hey coach, it's Amon. So that kind of goes in the question that I was going to ask you. Um, what kind of culture do you like to keep around the locker room and how are the practices? Are they, are they very intense or um, how, how are the practices for, for uh, the Gators different from, um, say, a uh, uh, freshman coming in? Uh, I would think uh, people would think that it's not as intense as they imagine it would be. 
However, I'd like to call myself a player's coach. Um, I really feel like it's important, especially the development of our sports. Um, we have several young women coming into the program who have been homeschooled. We have athletes who haven't, you know, just the growth and development of every, you know, young person right. at that time and their, that age is really important to me. And I, that's what I r- love most about uh, the the age group that I work with is, is helping to develop those skills, those characters and uh, coming in. It really, I, I really like to put a lot in their hands. I truly feel that if the athletes take control and take ownership of their gymnastics and their team, the boat's going to speed out a lot faster than us trying to push the boat. And um, I truly believe that it's it's a it's a give and take relationship, and you know that's that's where that trust, that's where that respect builds, you know, um, with and with each other. And um, I drew, I I truly feel that uh, we're going to go farther with this with the team in charge versus the coaches telling the team this is how we're going to do it. Right, right. So you, you talked about homeschool a little bit. Um, I know um, I mentioned my daughter. Uh, is over at Sun Country, and I think a lot of those girls are, are homeschooled as well. Are, are there any pros and cons to being homeschooled? Um, I, I, I can't say one or the other. Uh, we've had both um, athletes uh, come into our program homeschooled and gone through school. I mean, the, the socialization of, you know, being with other or other people, I'd say, other than their teammates, you know, and learning, you know, life is, you know, can be a a plus. But at the same time, um, I've had athletes come in having been homeschooled and adjusted very well, um, you know, just just the same. I think, um, you know, the the how they're raised by their family and um, and nurtured, I think that's, you know, an important part. But um, I wouldn't say, you know, one's better than the other. I got you. All right. And, uh, you know, I, I know you Gator Nation is crazy. Um, I've been to a few of you guys' <laughs> meets, and they're so intense. Um, talk about what's your uh, fa- most favorite part of being the, the Gator Gymnastic Coach. Ah, you have been to a meet, huh? Yes, I have been to a meet. Yes. <laughs> it really, uh, it's, it's so electrifying. And for anybody who's never been, I really think they just sit back and they're like, whatever. You know, they may roll their eyes and think gymnastics, but it, it is such a unique sport that when you see it in person and you see the actual pounding, when you see the speed, when you see the grace, when you see the power that these young women have on all the events, plus adding a, a little bit of finesse and grace, it really, it's, it's an unbelievable mix of an athlete that you can't compare to any other sport. So typically, once we have a spectator come for the first time, you're hooked for life. And to have uh, our arena sell out 9,200, uh, 9, you know, Gator fans in the arena, Gator chomping with all of our athletes uh, while we're doing our floor routines, because everybody's got to have a Gator chomp in their floor routine. It really, it's, it's such an electrifying and surreal moment. Um, you can just see everybody's faces light up and, you know, the energy in that um, arena is just, it, it's crazy. 
So who do you come up with the routines or or you said there's a gated jump in every routine. So like how does the routines work out? So we have we have a volunteer coach. Uh, his name is Jeremy Miranda. He actually does all of our choreography. So he'll he'll work with the athletes and you know put together their routines. And the the very last thing they usually put in is the gator chomp, unless there's a moment in in the piece of music that's just very obvious and very apparent that that's where the chomp needs to go. It usually goes in at the end, uh, but it's something that we're very conscientious about and putting it in. And when we put it in, we try to be a little strategic so our audience members can actually enjoy and uh, chomp along with the team. I like it. So what is the scrimp time? You, tra- you you spoke on how what type of athletes these girls are and, and, and the type of stuff they're doing. What type of strength training and how rigorous is it? So our strength training, I would say we do mostly body weight uh, conditioning. And if you look at the hmm. physique of a, of a gymnast, they, they have more, they can lift more per, per pounds of their mass, I think, than, than most athletes. Um, so really, we do a lot of body weight uh, strength training. Uh, we'll do a lot of agility and um, you know, we love to go over to the uh, south end zone and do uh, sprint work and things like that to, you know, try to maximize, um, you know, our runs for vault and our power for floor and um, just a lot of mobility uh, tr- training and uh, things like that. All right, then you have a volunteer coach for the routines uh, and you have do you handle the uh, sprint or do you have a strength coach? No, we have a strength coach. Uh, her okay. name is Karen Worth. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what's yeah. up. So let's get into yeah. let's get okay. into more of you. What do you like to do when you're not coaching? Like, <laughs> what's your thing? Oh, my my thing, my thing, uh, my my passion outside of coaching um, is being a mom. <laughs> uh, I'll be perfectly honest, um, and a wife. Uh, I've got two uh, lovely daughters. I've got a seven, almost 17-year-old and a 14-year-old. So uh, we're getting ready to move into high school, and we're getting ready to start our senior year. Uh, so really uh, carting them around where they need to go, um, volleyball, soccer, theater, um, music lessons, you know, whatever it is, um, they, they take up and consume, you know, a good, a good chunk out of, of my time outside. Uh, the gym, but if we're not doing that, uh, you can find me on a beach. That's that's my happy place. Same. I hear that. <laughs> Definitely the same for Dan. Dan Dan loves the beach. So you have so how, how's um how's the quarantine affecting you you and your um your team right now? Um, I I have to say at the beginning it was quite different and challenging, just like it was for everybody else. I'm sure. And to a certain extent, I believe that it's still quite challenging for a certain amount of people. Um, I've, I'd say I'm a little bit more of an introvert than an extrovert. So I really, I can handle this. Right. Um, I, I feel like I'm pretty calm and really doing my very best to really practice what I preach and that's to control my controllables and to really just take it one day at a time and not be anxious about something that I am not in control of. So really just working with my team on that. Um, we've been staying in touch, uh, weekly, um, 
they just finished finals, which is great. Um, I think they finished really strong. So, you know, their health and finishing school strong was were the two more most important things at this time that, um, you know, we're looking for them to be able to control. So um, I think I think they've done a really good job of that. Jenny, I saw that you and, and I would obviously imagine you know this. I've, I've got a lot of questions about gymnastics, um, officiating and scoring and everything else for the novice gymnast. Uh, or gymnastics watcher. Ultimately, how do they come up with scores? Because a lot of that, because a lot of it is confusing to the layperson. So, can you give us a high level overview of how scoring is done? Ooh, that's tricky. Um, I will do my very best. So, um, basically, on three events, bars, beam, and floor, the athletes have uh, put they put together routines. Uh, which they have to maximize. They can gain tenths um, and earn up to a 10.0 start value. So typically, I would say all the Gators at any given time, you know, any any meet will will have a 10.0 start value, uh, value. At that time, the judges will watch the routine and evaluate execution, which uh, which is the little form things, which. You may see bent knees, or you may see hops on landing, or you may just see something that just doesn't look really pretty. Um, and that's where the judges can actually take deductions. Uh, deductions uh, can be taken in increments of half tenths, um, all the way up to a fall. If you fall off an event, it's five tenths. So um, to take those execution deductions away from 10-0 start values, that's how they come up with the score. Um, if you notice this past season, uh, the, the Gators, had a I, I don't know if it was a record per se, but we had we had a good record number of uh, tenos um, this this year. So um, it's something you know that we strive for, and uh, my team really anybody and everybody is really truly capable of earning that ten. Um, it's just going out there and performing. You know how well you know the the consistency of your training. Um, being able to control your emotions and and so on and so forth. That's awesome, and I know another achievement that you're you're very proud of, and, and that I want you to be able to talk about uh, is that all 13 uh, were academic all Southeastern Conference honor roll. Yes, most definitely, and uh, that's that is something that um, I I really take to heart, and um, I'm I'm committed to uh, my team and knowing that school comes first. Uh, for a gymnast's career and at NCAA, once they're finished with their career in NCAA, there is no pro career like just about mm -hmm. every other sport. So in my opinion, you know, their profession, it's, it's academics, it's school. And once they're finished with uh, their education and their eligibility at NCAA, you know, it's, it's my job to help prepare them to the best of my ability, ability as well, you know, for real life and for a job and to, you know, get out there and either get your master's or, you know, find a profession that they truly love. That's, that's awesome. And this is my last question. Did you always know you were going to be a coach or when did that, that itch start to come? And... <laughs> no, I never wanted to be a coach growing up. Um, I, I uh, planned on uh, going to physical therapy school and um, really never wanted to coach. Uh, went through a period of time where I honestly truly didn't enjoy gymnastics. And uh, it just got to a point where I knew if I didn't enjoy it, I, I wasn't going to be good at it. 
and um, slowly but surely that uh, I actually, I have to say I was, I, I went back into the sport uh, to help pay for college. I left a full scholarship um, at Arizona State University uh, and um, transferred to a, a university and I ended up having to pay for my uh, schooling. So that was a bit of a shock and had to find a job. Um, something was open, you know, to coach gymnastics and it's something that I knew, was, okay, well, that's fine. I'll, I'll just do it to, you know, make money to help pay for school and, uh, slowly, but surely, you know, that passion, that love, uh, for the sport and, you know, to be able to turn around and give back to a sport that really, truly gave so much to me, um, really meant a lot. Nice. So coach, one more question and then we're out of here. Um, who is your favorite team to go against as far as competition wise? Oh, well, it's got to be anybody in the SEC. Uh, SEC gymnastics is really the cream of the crop. It's really everybody, every, every meet you have to be on. And I think that's what makes the SEC so great. There's never a down weekend uh, in our sport. Uh, you've always got to be up. It doesn't matter where you're traveling to, if you're home, um, everybody, everybody always rises to the occasion when they compete against the Gators. So the Gators have, have got to be on, on top. So I, I'd say SEC, that championship uh, competition is probably my favorite competition of the entire year. It's just, you've got your best friends and your worst enemies at the same time, you know, competing head to head at the same time. And it's just, um, you know, a, a, a feeling that, uh, you know, you're just filled with joy and excitement and you just got that competitive edge that's unlike any other meet. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Coach, we really appreciate you coming on our show and hanging out with us. Um, we know you're so busy with, uh, you know, a lot of things going on right now. Uh, but, yes. but, you know, we really appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and hope to uh, see you at a meet next season. For sure. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate awesome. it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, go Gators. Gators. That's a pretty dope interview, man. We got to keep doing this gymnastic and these all football stuff. I'm, I'm all aboard for all that, man. That's fun. We got to expand our, uh, our horizons a little bit, man. So, you know, it's cool to, to learn about gymnastics a little bit and baseball one week and, you know, different sports. So it's cool. Cool to have coach on. It's everything school, man. So we got to cover everything. You know how it go. Yep. We got one more interview, but before we get into the interview, we got to do this brand new ad. We got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Manscaped. I think I'm going to like this one. I need. I actually need to get these products. Uh, this, this interview is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered precision, precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Um, You fellas ever had any accidents with your uh, shaving? No. No, no just not yet. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I've had uh, a few mistakes in the past, man. That's why I'm looking forward to this, man. Uh, Manscaped has designed the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. The Lawnmower 3.0, the third generation trimmer. So, if man, if y'all interested, pull up, support Stadium Miguel at manscaped.com. Uh, coupon, coupon code SG. 
and you get 20% off and free shipping. Again, the coupon code is SG. You get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped. Trim them balls, fellas. Keep them nice and neat. Let's hang out with my man, Kevin. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. First time on the show, we got a friend of the show and a friend of mine, man. My man, Kevin Camps, the edit goat and the graphic designer for the University of Florida. Kev, how's it going, man? Good. How's everybody doing? Hope everybody's out here safe and in these quarantine streets. And we're trying to be as safe as we could possibly be, man. Um, tell the people a little bit about yourself for the average fan that don't know who you are, or what you do, and how did you get to the University of Florida? So basically, um, my official title is Assistant Director Creative Media. I work mainly with just recruiting graphics and photo shoots and all that type of stuff. Do a couple different things with the marketing side as well. I've uh, been at UF. This will be my third season. Yeah, I came on last couple, two seasons ago, Coach Mullen's first year. Um, basically, you know, I was I had started the, the Gators digital thing. Some people may be familiar with that and really started that just to get um, start doing some different things, refining some skills and, and staff got a hold of it. Sat down with Lee and some people on the staff, Coach Mullen and the rest is history. And we here. What do you get most of your inspiration from, man? I see a lot of your edits, man. They just be they, – they're really creative and they come out of left field and, and you kind of set a lot of trends. So where do you get most of your inspiration from? Uh, basically, it's, like, it's one of those things, man. If I'm, if I'm in public, if I'm sitting down watching Disney with my kids, it's whatever. Like you just kind of pick up on anything. And it's like, man, how can we flip that or, or things that's relevant? You're watching the news. Um, listening to music, like anything, like the the environment, like everything around us is like, man, what can we do to kind of flip that and take it and make it, put it on the next level? And um, in this industry, it's always somebody's always trying to come up with the next thing, and and we try to stay ahead of the game on it. Try to be some creative things. I could be just scrolling through Twitter. Somebody might say something. Somebody might tweet something. I'll be like, oh man, we might can use that. So I gotta. I probably got a list of 50 things right now that, you know, we could utilize and use and just waiting on the right time to let it pop. So, you know, it's just, it's just, just being aware of the environment around me, the things I like, the things I think the kids would like. And I think just talking with kids and texting and tweeting back and forth with them, you know, DM and whatever, you know, it's just, just, you know, it all comes from everywhere, you know. Did your, um, did Mullen kind of put more pressure on you? Not pressure, but did you did your uh, workload pick up during the quarantine? Being that our recruiting is kind of limited. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think that one of the biggest things is coming into the quarantine. You know, just discussions that you know I've had with with people you know around the office. Like the biggest thing is is you know just making sure that we're staying in contact with the kids. You know, you know texting, FaceTime, and you know the virtual visit thing is becoming a big thing. And um, but Coach Mullen was just really like, hey, we, we got to pump out these graphics. We got to get them pushing. And, um, you know, we weren't really sure when it first started. Um, it was going to like kind of blow up like it did because it was just kind of like, you know, we'll pump out a few here and there. 
And then we did the, uh, the cartoon one that won Friday night, and a lot of kids posted it. And the next thing you know, everybody's doing them. And, and so Coach Mullen just put that emphasis on, like, just keep pushing it, keep pressing it. And, um, you know, because it's a really important thing, because typically right now, um, you know, our coaches would be out evaluating, or kids would be coming on campus, and, you know, you wouldn't be pushing out as much. You'd probably be doing more photo shoots than anything. But with, with you know, with the shutdown and everything, graphics, he really put a big emphasis on it and being creative and, and pushing UF. What's it like when you joined? Obviously, the staff has turned over quite a, or you know, grown quite a bit. Talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, what that looks like and, and how you guys divvy up responsibility. And how you guys all get on the same page? Well, so like right now, when we first when I first came on, um, we've had we've had a, a little bit of transition in our creative department. Um, when I first got there, Mitch, who, who whose first day he went back to Mississippi State. Um, that's where he's from. So he went back to his hometown to do some work with them. But it was me, him, um, young lady named Kelly. And Kelly, you know, with the, she, she got a job with the Panthers. And then, you know, brought on somebody else. They got another job. And so in comparison to some staffs, um, we're, kind of, we're kind of a smaller team. But that's cool because, you know, we, we, we just kind of divvy it up. Just kind of depends on what's going on. We have a lot of different things that we do that, that fans don't get to see. Um, a lot of graphics that we push out that fans may not even know. Um, they probably see maybe every four graphics we do, they might see one hit the, the, the timeline or something like that. So they don't see a lot of it because a lot of it isn't always, you know, let's put them in, in cool environments and do things like that. But it's really a lot of different things that we do to promote the program. So just divvying up that, that portion, um, you know, working with the coaches. I work a lot with the coaches, um, you know, just developing strategies and doing different things like that to help promote the program um, and help sell the program to kids. And, and so that's mainly my side. And we have a creative director, Chris Stoney, who's, um, who's worked with it. He was actually over the AAF creatives and, and um, before they shut down, and then we brought him on. He's a huge Gator fan, so we got a new guy coming on here soon that, that I'm pretty excited about. That's going to really take us to the next level. And so, um, so that, that's just kind of how we divvy it up. And and I and, and I'm kind of weird. A lot of creatives that I've talked to don't really get down with the whole recruiting graphics thing. But I'm kind of weird in the sense I like it. That's kind of how I was born in that thing. So I'm I'm cool with it. I don't have a problem with it. Kev, what'd you do before? I know you had the Gators digital, but were, were you in graphic design before as a career? Or? No. So basically, um, I was actually working in IT. I was a QA engineer. No, and, no kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was a QA engineer, so I was doing some testing and stuff like that. But it was something I was I was doing, just coding and all that type of stuff. But I'd always, coming out of high school, I was a uh, AP art student and, and always was interested in art and just always kept doing it and learning Photoshop and doing things like that. So once I started, um, you know, doing some freelance work and doing some work on the side with some websites and things like that, it just it just got better. And it was, just, it was almost like the whole recruiting thing was like a perfect marriage for me. And um, just being able to talk with kids and work with kids. I love working with teenagers, kids, young kids and that thing. And, and being able to bring that and put all the creative together was just a perfect fit for me. So I made that that career transition and been running ever since. And, I, and I'm glad I did it for real. 
What's your favorite edit that you've done? You've done a lot, so. Gosh. Uh, and I've actually this 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 one that we did probably yesterday or Saturday that dropped. I like the I like the like the pretty well. Um, I like the playing cards when we did um, recently. Um, there was some we did some. Um, the kid never posted it. He didn't end up coming. I can't talk about him too much. But he ended up coming. But it was, that was probably the one we did for him. It was kind of a drawing we did for him, which was pretty sweet. Um, and that's a hard question. But there's probably about four or five that really stand out. Um, one day, once once we get into the season and everybody, all the players are on campus, and I'm not committing any violations or anything like that, we'll, I'll post <laughs> a few of them. <laughs> so, so Kev, you were you were a fan, and you were doing the Gators digital stuff not long after uh, Joker Phillips was doing his Photoshop. Um, oh, we we give each of you an hour with Photoshop. Who do you think creates a better edit, you or Joker Phillips? Joker, oh, <laughs> Joker, raw, bro. You know, Joker, Joker has some wild concepts. Now, yeah, he had Harry Potter and Joke. He had it all going, man. He had the actual Joker. Yeah, <laughs> the Joker. He's got to work on some of those technical. He got to work on some of those techniques, though. You know, but I, I think I could get him. I think I could get him. You know, Joker was a trip. But you know what? You know, it's funny. I was I was thinking about it. Um, Joker, while it while it was kind of silly, it kind of it kind of kicked off something that people probably didn't know they needed. And because um, that wasn't right. really something that that was really big, and sometimes it just takes that small spark, and somebody just say, "Hey, maybe we can do it better." And he had the um, right intentions, yeah. right? Yeah, he had the right intentions. He was kind of heading to the right direction, but you know, he probably shouldn't have did it in uh, Microsoft Paint or something like that. <laughs> it would have been good. Kev, what? Been all right with that. Talk to us about, you know, vision. So, you know, Dan Mullen, obviously CEO of the football program uh, and everything else, but how much kind of creative, creative liberty do you have or, or what does it go from, from concept to, to completion? Um, it, it's, it's kind of like, for instance, like coach Mullen, you know, he has his, his, his set standards, you know, as far as what he wants the program to look like, what he wants to sell. Um, the big thing is, hey, we're, we're the University of Florida. Number one, we're the best university in the state of Florida. So the first thing we want to do is win our state. And and so that's that's if that's if that's crapping on that school up north and those boys down south, that's what we're going to do. And, you know, if whatever it takes to win the state and promote the Gator standard and promote University of Florida as a as a phenomenal academic school. That's what we're going to do. So he's going to start there. It's like the University of Florida is the place to be. If you're a recruit in the state of Florida, the University of Florida is the place to be. Like there's no other option. It's like you can, whatever you want to do here, and you'll see this come out a little bit more and stuff I'm doing. It's like whatever you want to do, you can do it at the University of Florida. It's like if, if, if you want academics, we got academics. You want a big brand, you got big brand. You want football, you got football. If you want to lead athletics, you got to lead athletics. If you want to run track, like whatever you want to do, you can do it here. And so, you know, that's that's so when you start talking 
about like the overarching vision and what we want to share about the University of Florida, um, that's a big deal. And um, and so that's what Coach Mullen came in, and he's been preaching that from day one. It's like, you know, if we share this, we'll we'll build the culture that we want, we'll get the kids that we want, and ultimately we'll go win some natties. And so, and from there, it's like, hey, once we win our state, we want to win our conference. You know, we're one of the 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 premier programs in the SEC, and that makes you one of the premier programs in the country. Um, just promoting that our culture. Um, And so it starts there. So then, you know, that's like the overarching general thing. So when we get in a meeting, you know, they may be sharing different things, intel. And so we just kind of from a creative standpoint, take that and say, well, if this kid likes this or this kid's mom is interested in this or they want to know this, how can we take what we have and put it, give it to them in a creative way that they may not have seen before. They may not have, um, or just get them to see a different side of it or understand it differently. I think sometimes, like, if you say, hey, we're the number seven public school in the country, um, that may not register completely. But it's like, you know, just right. come up with creative ways to share that. Um, you know, I've, I've found, like, sometimes kids, and from coming from different demographics, like the academic, like uh, how great we are at academics can be intimidating. You know, some parents are like, well, can he handle that? So we, we share about all the resources we have in place so he can handle that. And so it's a lot of different things that just go into sharing the vision of Coach Mullen. And then once you, once the kids see what we've created, it comes to fruition on the field. We're getting rings. We're winning trophies. It just makes our job that much easier. Hey, Kev, um, I've seen you on, on game day. I've seen you on big recruiting weekends when I pull up. What's your what's your days like on them days when you're not like at the computer kind uh, graphics? So on a on a typical game day, um, some days um, I'd be running like the recruiting Snapchat. Um, some days I'd just be going to just grab some different stuff, different contact, different content, different photos. Um, you know, we may grab a photo of Gator Walk that we may not even use until you know five months later, you know, just trying to get as much as you can, um, pregame, gator walk, stuff like that. Then like if recruits are coming in, they're checking in and they're doing that thing. So, you know, just intermingling with them. Um, we may have a specific schedule for a specific kid or something like that, that we may want to, that I may be involved in. Um, then just during the game, you know, just entertaining whatever they need, checking on them, making sure everything's good, make sure they're having a great visit. So it's kind of all that tied up in one. Um, sometimes if, if the opportunity presents itself, if it's a good fit, you know, I may host a kid here and there and see how that goes. Um, and you know, just the typical game day, that's what it, that's what it's like for us creatives. Um, mainly just running up and down the sidelines, getting photos, getting content. Like our coach, some of our coaches want to be on camera. Some of them don't, some of them just want to do their thing on game day and they, they want us to get out the way, which is fine. But some of us like to get that stuff so they can utilize it in recruiting and stuff like that. So it it can be some of anything going on on game day. I see you guys out there. Yeah, man, we gotta. I be enjoying the elements and in, in the whole city, man. What's your favorite edit all the time that you've done? What what broke you through? You think? Um, it was probably I I did um. It was probably before I got to US. It was probably. It was a it was a, a graphic we did um 
that cornerback that left last summer, last fall. Yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna say his name, but did some did some cool stuff for him and from an animation standpoint. And I really feel like it from from at that point it really just opened up and you know, the creativity started flowing and, and I really found my my style, my niche, kind of what I like to do. Um you know, and just kind of married some of the things that we've done from other schools. Like we'll, we'll look at other schools and kind of see what they're doing. Um, you know, a lot of schools do a lot of cool things, but you know, we just kind of say, oh, okay, that's pretty nice. That's pretty cool. But I think once we got, once I, once we, I dropped that one before I got the UF, that really just opened it up, allowed me to break through and, and really allow people just to kind of see, you know, what UF was getting. And I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Man, you're doing a great job, man. What what's the next wave, man? Give us a hint. When when or when the next wave of edits coming out? I know you got some cooking. Well, yeah, man. We we well, gosh. Like I said, you know, we got about fifty or so lined up, you know, for the year. I think one of the big things that, that we see coming down the line is this name, image, and likeness deal. And um, you know, how we're gonna leverage that. And so we're, we, we, you might see something come on here in a little bit with that. We got something cooking up with that. Um, you know, the whole last dance thing going on, cooking up something with that. You know, we got a couple mm. of different things. That are, that are, hey, man, that are, include, that we need a stadium in Gale uh, edit next, on, on your next wave. We missed the last wave. You had the, you had the little animation going on with the guys or, or, or the cartoon characters. We, uh-huh. uh, Stadium Miguel crew need whatever wave you got going on next, man. Include us in that wave. Oh, we got you. Oh, you know what? You know I'm. A, you know what I'm gonna do? I got one for you, y'all. I think y'all will appreciate it. I'm. A, I'm gonna throw it in there for you, and y'all will know what y'all know. Y'all know what okay. to shout out from. I'm. I'm here for the y'all content. I'm here. I'm here for. <laughs> I'm here for the content. Just, it's gonna be a shout out for me. They're gonna be like, oh yeah, that's that's Kev giving us a shout out on that. One. All right, so, so no, very good. Look, so you know the swamp is jumping every Saturday, Cal. But mm-hmm. let us know what what's your favorite game to 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 be at. What was what was your favorite game this past season in the swamp? Uh, this past year, well, I always love us seeing kicking Florida State, but I always I will always love that. I always love that, and that that's because I grew up when I grew up Florida State. Like Georgia, Georgia was uh, some punks. I mean, they 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 kind of are, but it's like. When we when I grew up watching us play Georgia, we always beat Georgia, so it wasn't this big thing like it is now. We just owned them. But right. Florida State always Florida State was always just a big same for know, me, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so like, that's how I grew up. So anytime we 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 smash Florida State, that's always gonna be fun. My favorite game since being there, probably LSU from last year. Um, that was crazy. And once Brad Stewart got the pick six, that was bananas. Uh, oh. Auburn game, that, like when P. Ryan broke the run, that was. That oh was man! Crazy. Yeah, that was. I loud. mean, that. It was just. It was. It was like the sidelines going crazy. Like it's always fun seeing the black, the former players come back and do uh-huh. that thing. It's like when those guys come back and you're on the sideline. Like that's that's like the greatest. Like you want to talk about gathering content. Like that's the best thing, man. When you can see you guys come back and celebrate with like, the players and P. Ryan's breaking them off and Vans killing those DBs and. You know, it's just, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to see, man. And the swamp, there's no place like the swamp. And when we can capture those moments, it makes our job that much easier. 
it's it, you know, is that it's so much it's so cool to just to be down there um in the south end zone. I don't know if a lot of people know, but when McElwain and his staff was here, they didn't allow former players to, to be in the south end zone um at all whatsoever. They wanted all wow. uh former players to be in on the north end zone. <clears throat> so when Coach Mullen came and he bought um, you know, bought into bringing the former players back, like you know, Urban Urban used to do that a lot as well. Um it's it, you know, you gotta know your history. And you know, we had what right. Rand Carthon Rand Carthon came on and said, you know, he got his job, you know, almost basically because of Urban, because he allowed him to be around a facility and stuff. So as much as those young guys love seeing us around and, you know, uh, you know, you know, get hyped when we be around, um, it's the other way around, too, man. We love being around mm-hmm. you guys. We love just coming back and, and, and bringing our families to say, hey, you know, this, this is where we went to school. And, you know, these guys are, are, are doing what we used to do, you know. So, you know, we enjoy it. We, we definitely enjoy everything you guys do every Saturday for us. Hey, and we love to have you guys because you guys play a big part in the program from a recruiting standpoint, from a fan engagement, like all that. When they see when they see you guys come back and you're interacting and you're really promoting the program, it's like it's a really big deal. And, and these high school kids, and they come and they see you guys on the sidelines, they're like, man, that's going to be me one day. I'm going I'm to come back to my university and celebrate with my team. Like, and it's a big deal. And, and these are kids like, they play video games like with these guys. Like it's like, oh man, I I, used, I played that guy on a video game, or I remember watching him when I was growing up, and that's a big deal. And it yeah. really helps us in in the recruiting recruiting piece too. So so I was like, we love to have the former players back. Like when we did the the cartoons for all the former players, like that's 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 like an appreciation for like, hey, you guys built this thing. It's like y'all made Florida what it is, and then so. You know, that's just an appreciation. We want to continue to build that relationship. So let's tell your friends and tell your friends to get back to the swamp. Need them. I got I'll you. tell my friends too, bro. I got you. Yeah, I'll be there too. <laughs> <laughs> get them in there. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we take care of the family, for real. And and then it's like, just like what you guys doing with your, with the podcast, man, you guys do a great job. And it's like, it's, it's all about promoting UF. It's, I'm excited to see the other sports come on and, and other players and just because it all helps out. It all helps mm-hmm. build the perception about University of Florida. So don't minimize what you guys are doing. You know, it it all benefits. It all helps when we're when we're putting that positive message out there. And and you know, there's gonna be challenging times. Things come up. Things happen. But, but all in all, you know, University of Florida is the University of Florida. It's they, can, uh, they, they call that, they call that all types of weather. Uh, all yeah. types of weather, and it ain't bad weather at all right now. So, like, you no, know, what I'm saying? like hey. the weather ain't gloomy at all. It, it's 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 shining over here. Shining, hey, really, we really. We are good. There's if, if a lot of people like to win the off season already. When the ball when the ball kicks off, we we just we just we know, you know, it, it ain't it ain't it ain't fun in games no more. Hey, Kev, we went ten, we went eleven. Next is the playoffs, baby. All this hey, off-season championships don't even mean nothing. So the next stop is the playoffs, man. It don't <laughs> mean it's nothing. Like, like we tell them all the time, hey, this is a this is a marathon. You know, we're not absolutely. We're not, we love you saying both, but we're not trying to sprint this thing. You know, it's, it's we got a long way to go. A lot of football to be played, and a lot of practices to be had. A lot of conversations to be had. So I, I would encourage the fans: don't panic. We're good. We're straight. We're we're pressing forward and. Coach Mullen's doing a phenomenal job, 
and and we're and he, we're two years into this thing, man, and and we're just hoping we can we can get Florida to getting rings and winning trophies, man. And we've already done that. We've done something a lot of schools in the country haven't done in two years. So you know we we're we're, we're just at the tip of the iceberg on this thing. Absolutely, man. We appreciate you for coming on and hanging out with us, man. It was a sure, pleasure, Kev. Appreciate yeah, you, man. I, I, yeah, we I appreciate, appreciate you having me on, man. And I just, I just feel my. I just want to say something to all the people out there that um that are in creative or designing or doing that thing. And you see a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. And and just to share a quick story on my behalf, you know, you can't like one thing challenge for me was when you see other people's work, you know, immediately, you know, your mind wants to be like get fearful or get intimidated. But I would just encourage anybody out there, there's a lot of great guys out there, even in Gator Nation, doing a lot of great work. Just keep up the work. It helps us. Just continue to be inspired. You know, those opportunities will open up for you just like it did for me, man. And just, just keep pushing, keep pressing, just like you guys did, man. Just to see what you guys did with the with the, the network and Stadium Miguel and all the shows, everything, man. Just keep pushing, keep fighting, and it's all going to work out in the end. So, Already, man. I love that, bro. You should you yeah. should work with Jelani Jenkins. We just had him on for life coach, bro. I think you should you might have a, a role for him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, put him on, put him on. Hey, listen, we're we're, we're if if you can shoot me his number, we we might have something for him from with the team. I think it would be good if that's what he's doing. Oh, I'll listen yeah. to it and and we can we might help him. He might can help us out here in a couple weeks. That's what I'm talking about right there. We're gonna figure sure. that out. Yeah, come to, come to hit me up or you can shoot him my number. And um, we, I, I might, I'll present something to Coach Muller. Definitely, definitely gonna do that, man. Yeah. Tell the tell the people where they can find you at, my man. Yeah, you can just catch me on the Twitter. It's Kevin C underscore SR Kevin C underscore Senior. Uh, you can catch me there. That's where you see most of the work and most of the trash talk. It'll be coming from the, the Twitter sphere. And always check us out. Make sure you're following the Gators football account. Um, we got some cool stuff coming up here in a couple weeks. We're excited about it, so check us out. We're trying to do that thing to make Florida the best of the best. Already, Kev, we appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it's been fun you to guys, watch. Man. Indeed, we're gonna, we're still grinding, getting better. Already, every day, go Gators. Great. My man, Kevin Camps, man, the, the edit goat. The edit go. The edit go. I remember when he first started his uh well, I don't know when he first started. When I first started recognizing his mm-hmm. tweets, and he had the animations or or the uh the gifs going on or the videos going on with the actual edits. Yeah. And that was the first time I had seen him on Twitter. And that's when I first started following him and following his work, man. But the dude's a creative mastermind. I like what he's doing. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's cool, it's cool to watch. You know, hey, Dan, a, Q, a I, QA guy that did this for fun? Man. Yeah. I, Dan, I wish they had edits like this, man, when we played, man. Sucks, Same. Huh? Yeah. When I played, they didn't, I didn't get any edits either, you know? Yeah, what, know. If, what if colleges recruited kids, like, for academics or, like, kids that had applied to their school, like, not for sports with edits just like that? Like, they had a kid, like, on the debate like, team, uh, like, an right. edit, like, on a debate team or – you know, like an edit, like playing, like, I don't know. So you, you edit, you edit so, like some kid that got this really great and like in yeah. math, you, you edit his face on Bill Gates 
right? Exactly. Exactly. Or you, like yeah, you, you have some some big math equation going on, and he's like teaching at the the chalkboard. I don't know. It's an idea. There's still some working out in my head that I need to do. But you know, the first colleges that can use edits, I'm here for. I, it. I but those are. I mean, you don't really need edits for those guys because they like the stuff that Kev is trying to sell on his his edits, the academics and all that shit. Like you don't have to sell that to them. Yeah. So, so on their edits, you might have to put like meal plans and like. Um, the Chick Fil A on campus and shit like that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Fraternity parties that are open. There you go. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I got you. I like that. There, there's some work in progress. Work in progress. There's, there's, there's anybody in college admissions free idea for the day. You're welcome. Speaking of ideas, Amaya, what do we got for uh, word of the week? Word of the week, Dan. You ready? Word of the week is I'm ready. Fade, fade, Dan. Fade like a fade on site. You got oh, 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 uh, yeah, Twitter last year. There you go. Maybe a year or two ago. Uh, yeah, oh, the people were talking about a fade on site list, and I had no idea what that means. Uh, <laughs> and then they started naming people, so I didn't have to Google. I figured it out. But, uh, oh, but yeah, no, I appreciate it. It was probably you. So I had a fade on site list. I should probably go delete. I had to delete one of those because I had Urban on it. <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> so I deleted a tweet before he came on the podcast. I was like, yeah. I should probably get this out of here. You just never know who's searching. Yeah. And you may not know. Urban may know what fade is. Oh, Urban definitely knows what fade is. <laughs> Urban Urban may act like he's, you know, you know, good old boy, but he, he, he knows. And he probably asked me about it if he's seen it. Like, oh Silk, I, I, I seen you said you wanted to fade me. He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna say you wanna go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. He's go. like, you guys have been asking me questions for an hour. Silk, I've got a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's the urban delivery right there. Yeah. And we I, I wanna shout out that uh that show. We haven't done so yet. Um we really appreciate everybody for sharing that. Uh some people wrote articles about it. Uh, but that was one of our most listened to shows and, and in quarantine that's special. We're glad that you guys uh, enjoyed it. But that was a that was a hell of an interview. Really enjoyed that. And, and the West Chandler interview did did really well as well. Yeah, I wish we had more time with West, man. My pops uh, listened to it and he really enjoyed that West, that West part as well. Um of course everybody enjoyed Urban. And and let's let's keep it, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I like I like to have a little humility, but at this moment I'm not. You feel me? Two four seven got uh, my man Urban Meyer today, but we beat two four seven. We're not no big giant. We're not no big corporation. Nothing like that. But they they sat, they playing second fiddle to us. Uh, shout out to them. I hope the interview went well. But we broke the Urban Meyer streak right here, Stadium Miguel. Thanks to my man Ahmad. Yeah, we've got some other stuff cooking for you guys. We got uh, Coach Holloway coming on soon. We've got some other Gator legends coming on here real soon. Schedule's packed. Schedule's packed. We're going to keep putting out content. Hope y'all boys not running out of podcast ideas. (laughs) (laughs) We're good, bro. I got a bunch left in my bag. What you got in your bag? Give us a sneak peek. We'll see see you in the next couple weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm working on one right now. We're going back and forth, and he answers email about once a week, so we'll see. But when it happens, 
The song got to be on me, right? The song is on you, yeah. I feel like I haven't picked the song in years. Hmm. And I'm not prepared, of course. Um, hmm. Trying to see what I feel like. I've been in my R&B bag. So I may just go R and B. I'm gonna go R and B, man. Let me get some Erica Badu. Ooh. Uh next lifetime. Very good. Erica Badu, next lifetime. Same corner, same time, fellas. Believe next that. week. That. We'll see you. Heck, we've been knowing each other for a while. I'm into you. I don't know what I gotta do, you know. To get closer to you. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Now you know I'm in a situation. Why are you in? Don't do this. Why are you driven like that? Well, I understand that, but your whole vibe is, you know, I can see myself being with you forever.
next time.